Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Have you got a moment? I want you to take a look at the book with me. We have the unique opportunity through this podcast to allow you to hear a portion of a series I have entitled A Middle East News Update. It's basically looking at the last book in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. We talk about the messenger and the message of Malachi, two brothers, two states, two temples, and two witnesses. Now today, we're going to be talking about two brothers. How do they play into end-time prophecy? Those two brothers would be Jacob and Esau. We're going to take a moment to listen to our study, and then I'll come back and tell you how you can have your own copy of Malachi, a Middle East news update. That's the five-part, five-hour series on the book of Malachi. Let's listen right now, and then I'll come back and talk to you a bit more. What's the present situation? Oh, glad you asked. Because that leads us to what happened. You know what happened? Remember that verse I showed you, verse 3, chapter 1? And Esau have I hated, and I have made his heritage waste desolate. Let me show you how that happened. Go to the book of Obadiah with me. The book of Obadiah. That ought to be fun. Take you a couple of minutes. It's on page 941 if you have a good Bible. Between Amos and Jonah. Just get over there. Look it up in the index. Whatever. It's the places where your pages are still stuck together. (laughs) Obadiah. This is going to continue to trace and bring us down to present day. You see, that's what Malachi is doing. He's discussing and developing and detailing the past significance. Then those things that he says is actually describing for us the present situation. He'll divulge the prophetic significance and the prophetic scenario in just a moment. Have you got Obadiah? The vision of Obadiah. It's only one chapter, so it's verse 1. The vision of Obadiah, thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom, we have heard a rumor from the Lord, and an ambassador has sent among the heathen, arise ye, let us rise up and, uh, against her in battle. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen, thou art greatly despised. The pride of thy heart hath deceived thee. Thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. Now where did I tell you they went to live. They went to live in Edom. What's the capital city of Edom? That is Petra, a 25 square mile impregnable city. If you've never been there, there's only one entrance. It's called a seek. That's an Arabic word, which translated means a high, narrow gorge. It's probably between five and 600 feet high. At some points, it's about this wide, maybe as wide as 30 feet. It meanders through the cliffs of the rock for about a mile and a third until you step into the city. First vision you see, and as I was taking him in, remember, Barbara, I stopped you at the one place, and I let you look around the corner and see this beautiful treasury building. The famous stone carvers, the Nebataeans from Arabia, 
came and they carved out of the sandstone these beautiful edifices. The first one is the treasury building, five stories high, carved from the top to the bottom. That's the way you carve sandstone. You don't do it from the bottom up or you are killed. I mean, you know, you're buried under sandstone. But it's beautiful. As you go into the city, it's amazing. The colors of the sandstone, the purples, the blues, the greens, the reds, the blacks, they change colors as the sun moves across the sky. It's just a majestic city. Unbelievable. They carved out a Colosseum that'll seat about 7,000 people, all kinds of palaces and burial sites. It's, it's amazing. They opened up new caves up there. And you know where Petra's located? In the southern part of modern-day Jordan, on the route of the King's Highway. Oh, the King's Highway. You've heard about that, haven't you? That's where the merchants would leave Egypt, make their way through Israel, Jordan, on over to Mecca in Arabia. Oh, by the way, that's the way Moses brought the children of Israel, up the king's highway. He gets to Petra. The Edomites come out of their seek. They run out to Moses. You can't go this way. Moses said, please, we're just trying to go over here to cross from Jericho. We're going to cross into the promised land there. If my cattle eat any of your grass, drink any of your water, I'll pay for it. You can't go this way. Go back. And they go around all the way to Arabia and come then into Jordan and cross into the nation of Israel, the land of Israel. This is Petra. This is where the Edomites would live, headquarter themselves. This is where they would come out and rob from the merchants, run back to the sea. Man, it was an impregnable city. Who can come through the sea? Three or four of us could stand there and protect the whole nation. If indeed they could get by the first three or four, then they could have pots of boiling hot water, pour it down on the enemies. And, oh, maybe if they get inside, as the text says, they would live in the cliffs of the rock like an eagle in its nest. And they would be proud. Who's going to bring us down? Well, God said, I will. You know what he did? He used their friends. Go to verse 7. In verse 7, it talks about how they're going to come down. All the men of thy confederacy have brought thee to the border. The men that were at peace with thee have deceived thee and have prevailed against thee. They that eat bread with thee have laid a wound under thee. What happened was the only friends the Edomites had were these Nebateans, the stone carvers. They came to have a big banquet with them. And in the midst of the banquet... These uh, Nebuchadnezzar stand up and start killing the Edomites. Well, the Edomites, realizing they're defeated, they run out the sea. They turn west. They go across the Jordan Valley into southern Judah. And there they change their names to the Edomians. Oh, Herod the Great was an Edomian, descendant of Esau. And there we see them in those 400 silent years. That's when Herod the Great comes to power. That's when they jockey back and forth and buy the leadership of the temple. They buy the office of high priest. That's all unfolding. Well, I've got to jump over that period of time to come more down to today. What happens in 70 A.D. is the Romans come to destroy the city of Israel, uh, Jerusalem, excuse me, to devastate the temple and disperse the Jews to the four corners of the earth. As the Jews are fighting the Romans, the Edomians, the Edomites, 
the descendants of Esau said, we'll join with our brothers. We'll help protect them. They try to fight the Romans, but they lose the battle as well. The Jews are dispersed to four corners of the earth, and the Edomians are dispersed into a place called Bosnia in the Balkans. Well, that's 70 A.D. Please, the time is gone. I slip over to 1917. General Allenby defeats the Turkish Empire in the Jezreel Valley. The Ottoman Empire is going to fall. That's the beginning of the end in that battle. He goes to Jerusalem, does a mopping up exercise around the city of Jerusalem. It's time for the Turks to surrender to the Brits. General Allenby gets on his white horse, rides to the Jaffa Gate. I know this story because the daughter of Horatio Spafford, you've heard of him, haven't you? He wrote a song, It Is Well With My Soul. He was a missionary in Jerusalem. He and his family watched this all happen on that day. They saw General Allenby ride up to the Jaffa Gate, get off his white horse. Somebody said, General, aren't you going to the ceremony? I am. Why'd you dismount? Because one day my Savior, Jesus Christ, will ride a white horse into this city. I'm going to walk in today. He walked in, took the surrender. After surrendering from... After taking the surrender from the Ottoman Empire, the Brits now take charge. General Allenby appoints a man, the highest Muslim cleric in the city, Husseini el Husseini, as the new mayor of Jerusalem. He sees his little nephew there beside him. His name is Aman el Husseini. Well, Aman el Husseini grows up. It's now 1935. Aman el Husseini has gone to Mecca. That makes him the Hajj Aman el Husseini. He is appointed as the Mufti of Jerusalem. He gets a communication from Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler says, come to Berlin. You want to get rid of those Jews you're dealing with? I'll show you how to do it. So the Hajjaman el Husseini goes to Berlin and Hitler's put up a powerful radio station transmitter. And he says, get on there and announce it to the world. You're going to the Holocaust Museum today? If you're in Jerusalem, I could take you to the spot where the Hajjaman el Husseini is pictured meeting with Himmler and then giving his announcement on that powerful radio station. Rise up, Muslims of the world. Tell the Jews. By the way, Hitler tells Hajj Aman al-Husseini, what I've done is use a blitzkrieg. Here's how I've operated. I put my army in the form of a V. I go into a country. You know what I did? I selected the elite commando unit, the mightiest military might in all of Europe from Bosnia to be at the apex of my blitzkrieg. That's how we take a country. Go see your people. Get them. But I could show you the Hajj Aman el-Husseini inspecting that elite commando unit from Bosnia. He gathers them together. They go back to Israel. It's now 1948. It's the War of Independence. And these Arabs, these Muslims, are going to run the Jews into the Mediterranean. Wipe out the Jewish state. Uh-oh. They failed. By the way, the Hajj Aman al-Husseini had a nephew, and his name was Yasser Arafat, who's gone. Uh, now we are right up to date. Thank you for taking a moment to take a look at the book with us today. Malachi, a Middle East news update, is what we have been studying, and we've been talking about the two brothers that God told their mother would become peoples in the end times and play a key role 
just prior to the return of Jesus Christ. Well, there's much more to study in this five-part, five-hour series, Malachi, a Middle East news update. Actually, it's like reading from the front page of the newspaper. You need to study this book, and you can have your own copy by calling our toll-free number or going to our website and making a purchase of Malachi, a Middle East news update. Our toll-free number is 877-674-3298. That's a toll-free number from all across America. Or you can go to our website and make your purchase that way. The address of our website, www.prophecytoday.com. This is Jimmy DeYoung thanking you for taking the time to take a look at the book with us. You know, Malachi, with his Middle East News update, written some 2,500 years ago, It's like reading from the front page of the newspaper today all evidence that Jesus Christ could be coming very soon. Remember, before he comes back to the earth, the rapture takes place, and we're caught up to be with him in the air. And that rapture actually could happen at any moment. Having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...